Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Now, realistically, Jesus is our role model. Look at this verse. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and watch this, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. We see the importance of a mindset. What we think we become. Jesus' mindset was not initially on the cross. It was always there in the background. His mindset was to show people how good God was. When we go through difficulties, it's very easy to become self-absorbed, choosing to ignore other people's hardships. Pastor Mark has pointed out the behavior and attitude of our example, Jesus. Even though he knew he was eventually going to die on the cross, he spent his time ministering to others, as well as teaching his disciples. Had he spent his time dwelling on what was to come rather than the job at hand, many people would not have had their very real physical and emotional needs met. We should remember his example as we live out our lives in service to others. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in 1 Peter chapter 1 with part one of his message, God's blessing motivates us to holy living. Well, let's just say you were surprised one day. All of us have been surprised when people give gifts to us. And sometimes we we say this kind of a statement. How can I ever thank you? Oh, my goodness. For instance, if somebody gave you a Rolex, I didn't say I was giving you a Rolex. I just said if somebody gave you a Rolex. By the way, if I promised everybody a Rolex next week, would you find a parking place? You would never find you came to church for the wrong reason. Cut it. Nah, I know you're here for the right reason. Well, if they gave you a Rolex and you're going like, you got to be kidding me. A $5,000 watch. How can I ever thank you? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. Here's where we're at. Peter is writing to a group of Gentiles and Jews that are all over Turkey. They're being persecuted for their faith very much persecuted. And so he's trying to write them and encourage them. He came up with a lot of neat things. He came up with benefits as a Christ follower. Don't look at your circumstances, because we have that. None of us here are being persecuted. Nothing like that. But we have our troubles, our trials, our sicknesses, our, our diseases, our financial things, our divorces. We have all of those things, difficult things in life. Life is just filled with that. Never designed like that by God, but we just walk through them. So he says, quit focusing on that and focus on this. Have a positive attitude. Let me show you the four things 
that he gave us. Don't try to write them down. He says to the people who became believers, remember that the Gentiles were pagans. The Jews were religious, but they never believed in Jesus. And he said this, because we talked about election, God electing us to become Christians, and then our free will to choose. Well, God chose us, and then we repented and put our trust in God. What a gift to us. Your salvation is a gift to you today. Being born again gave us what kind of a hope? Come on. Living hope. A living hope, a confident expectation. The world uses hope like, well, I'm hoping. The Miami Dolphins will win one more game at least this year. I don't think it's going to happen, but it will. Well, it did. That's the last game they'll probably win this year. I'm just joking. But we, you know, I hope this diet will work. I just, I wish it would. I hope it will. That's not what Christian hope is. It's a confident expectation. If God promises it, get ready for an amen. If God promises it, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And so he's saying, you're saved. You have an amazing living hope, even though it doesn't look very good right here. Then number three, he's reserved an inheritance for us. What is that inheritance? It's not about money. It's that when you die as a Christian, heaven is guaranteed forever. That beats a Rolex a billion to one right there. By the way, it's priceless and it's secure. Nothing can take that inheritance from you. Nothing, nothing, no one can do it. Last, God allows trials. I don't like this one so much, but I have to put it up there because he taught on it. God allows trials so that our faith in him will grow. We talked about faith as a muscle. And when we go through these difficult times all of our lives, that's just the way it is. It, it strengthens us. God wants us to be strong. Well, look how he writes in verse 13. First Peter 1, verse 13. Therefore, what he's talking about, when you see therefore, he always, and what is it there for? He's talking about the gifts. Be encouraged. Look at those gifts that God's given you. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, focused, Set your hope on the grace of God to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed that is coming. Remember, what he's writing there is this. He's going to say to them, I want you, and so I want you to be part of that with me today. I want you, here's what you can do. How can I ever thank you? Well, we have those blessings that we just talked about. How can we thank God? What can we do for God Because of all the things he's done for us. Forget the people in Turkey. Look at you. Look at, by the way, anybody here been blessed by God? Like forever. (laughs) How can we ever go thanks? This is how we do it. You're going to learn five ways today, Peter writes, how we can thank God because he's been so good for us. So here we go. Number one, Peter says, prepare our minds for action. In other words, have a spirit-controlled mindset. Peter says, you're out, you're being persecuted, but there's still unsaved people. There's still people that you need to love. So prepare your minds for action. Don't sit in the sideline. Don't sit there mulling over your problem. No, be a person action. Now, realistically, Jesus is our role model. Look at this verse. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and watch this, and how... He went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. We see the importance of a mindset. What we think we become. 
Jesus' mindset was not initially on the cross. It was always there in the background. His mindset was to show people how good God was. And he went around doing good. His mind was focused. It was, we would call sober, simply means focused. He wasn't on drugs or something that would get him all mixed up. No, he was focused. And he had a mindset, a mindset to go ahead. Now keep your finger right there in First Peter. Turn back to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 8. You see, there's two mindsets that we can actually have. Paul tells us what we think, we act out. That's what we do. So if I have the wrong thinking, I'm going to do the wrong things. If I have the right thinking, I'm going to do the right things. Here it is. Look at verse 5. Those who live according to the sinful nature, these are people before they've come to Christ, have their mindset on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit, these are Christians, have their mindset on what the Spirit desires. The mind of the sinful man ultimately is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God, doesn't want anything to do with God. God, I don't need your help. I'm having a fun life directing my own life. I don't need it. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. See, Christ followers are to learn to think like God thinks. How in the world does God think? I mean, the all-knowing God, how does he think? All you have to do is open to any page of the Bible. That's how God thinks. This is his mind to us. When we open the Bible, God opens his mouth. You've just heard God speak to you. That's his mindset. So he says in that passage of Romans, there's two mindsets. A sinful mindset and a mindset controlled by the Holy Spirit. Now, a Christian, of course, that's who we are. The unbeliever doesn't care what God thinks. Never is really in the Bible. They just want to do their own thing. Now, when our thinking matches the truth of the Bible, then we please God. That's one of the great ways when I think and do like God says, I please God. I'm saying to him, thank you for saving me. I want to live like you. I want to be like you. I want to think like you. God goes right on. And that comes from the word of God. Now, go back to 1 Peter. Here will come the second point to you in a moment. Verse 13, the second part of that. Set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed it is coming. So what is he talking about? Well, if you're suffering in the United States and you're suffering, your spouse just walked out, somebody in the family's come down with cancer, you're going through all the procedures, the surgery, all the crazy stuff that happens to all of us. You just lost your job. When you're suffering from that, the easy thing for us to do is to focus on all that. We've all been there. And if you're going through something now, that's what you're thinking about. It's hard for you even to think about the sermon this morning because you're thinking of all that that's going on. So what does Peter say? No, no, no. Here's the second thing to write down. It's powerful. Look forward. Look forward to where? Heaven. Jesus returned. Look forward with living hope. Living hope that God has promised you. Jesus Christ. I'm going to be ready for another amen. This is amen day in case you don't know. Jesus Christ is coming back 
to take us to heaven. Can I hear an amen? And then he's going to come to set up his kingdom on this earth. And we'll be coming back with new glorified bodies. I don't need another amen, but I know you're going to say it anyway. You're going to have a new glorified body. It's going to be perfect. So what he says is, for us, of course, this had a, a big meaning for the people that are suffering in Turkey, getting heads cut off, all the rest. But for us, it means in the middle of that mess, look forward. Don't look inward. Don't look down. Don't, watch me, let's say I have a towel in my hand. Don't throw the towel in. I'm done, Pastor Mark. Christian's supposed to be an easy life. I'm throwing the towel in. He says, no, 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 no. No, Have a look forward. Because the little time that we're suffering here is nothing compared to the time in heaven. Just look forward. Now, is that hard to do? Say amen. I told you it's an amen morning. It's very hard to do. But he's challenging the people to do exactly that. That means that I'm supposed to have an eternal perspective. Will I get an eternal perspective from CNN? Lord, help us. I mean, I won't get it from any television program. My eternal perspective comes from where? The word of God. Because the Bible talks about heaven, the second coming of Jesus. You won't find that. That's why we have to be in the word of God, because it comes right there. Now, look at verse 14. As obedient children, when you became a Christian, the Bible says, if you would believe in Jesus Christ, you will be given the right to become sons and daughters of God. You and I are children of God. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had past life before coming to Christ when you lived in ignorance. Not that the people were ignorant, they just didn't know anything about God. Here's number three. Live a life of obedience. This is how, God, how can I ever thank you? Live a life of obedience and don't slip back to your old sinful lifestyle. That pleases God. Sometimes when we're going through those difficult times, we allow Satan to put things in our mind. Remember, the battle's always in the mind. Is your God really allowing this to happen to you? Like you're a special person. You've been so good to God. Is he really doing that? But notice, Satan knows when And how to tempt us. And he's always lying to us. So Peter says, don't give off traffic again. It's it's about a mindset. Don't focus on the difficulty you're going through now. It's going to be fine. God's promise, joy comes in the morning. You'll get through that. Now, he says, you were ignorant in your old days before you came to Christ. You didn't know about God's goodness. You didn't know his grace. And you were controlled by your old sinful lifestyle. But now you have a new thing that's happening to you. Old things have passed away. Everything's become new. Now, you're going to see next an interesting word. You probably don't like it, but it's a good word. Obedience is directly connected to holiness. Look at verse 15. But just as he who called you is holy, so you be holy. In all you do. It's an action. It's a lifestyle. Verse 16. For it is written. Be holy. 
God says, because I am holy. Here's the fourth way we please God. Here's the fourth way we thank you. Thank you, God, for all you do and continue to do in my life. Number four, be holy as God is holy. Now, I don't have time this morning, but it would be neat to go around the room and ask you, what comes to your mind when you hear the word holy? Have you ever had a person walk to you, talk with you, and when they walked away, you said to your friend, that person thinks they're holier than I am. Come on. You enjoy being around people like that? Not at all. Holy. Well, we have a a, a crazy image of holy. And I'm going to give you the definition this morning and explain it to you. But as I already said, one of them is this. I'm better than you. I'm better than you. No fun. If you're holy, you're weird. And there's no fun. Boredom. Untouchable. You've seen those people? The Jewish people are like that. Here's a person over here with leprosy. Oh, man. I'm holier than you. Untouchable. And if you were raised in a holiness church, here's what you heard as a child. No. No. You can't do that. No, no, no. No, no, you can't do that. And the rules fill the book. No. You have to be holy. No, no, no. How many raised in a holiness church? Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm not saying all is bad, but sometimes when you left, you kind of said to mom and dad when you're young, are there any yeses? Everything I do is wrong. Why you have to be holy? Well, remember Jesus. The Jewish people hated Jesus. Jesus was always around unholy people, sinners. He loved to be around them. If he came to a leopard, did Jesus do this? Untouchable. No, what did he do? Prayed for him, anointed him. So when I think of holy, here's how I think of holy. See if you agree with me. Could I hear? Thank you. Thank you. That's holy. Number one, he's God. Number two, he loved to be around people. Was he ever fun? How could he not laugh like crazy with those 12 apostles? (laughs) Totally weirdos. Peter especially. Take the foot out, Peter. Take the foot out, Peter. He had to be fun to be around. He was encouraging me. And he didn't come with no, 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 no. He came with grace and truth. That's why you're saved today. That's why I'm saved today. Grace. So this is a perfect picture of holiness. Get that picture of holiness out of your mind. Holiness in God's character is this. No sin. No shame. Perfect. Well, we'll never be that. Jesus was, but we'll never be that. Here's what holiness really means. Write it down. Put it in your Bible somewhere. It's very important. Holiness means different. That's exactly what it means. Be different. It does not mean be better than somebody else because I'm holy. It means to be different. In other words, I'm set apart. My life is dedicated to God. Notice that verse said, Peter says, be holy in everything you do. So again, it's a lifestyle. It's not just this clothing we wear or our attitude. It's all of that, but it's the things that we do. It affects every part of my life. Let me read to you from Barclay. Although he lives in the world, 
The man who is holy must always in one sense be different from the world and separate from the world. Jesus is a perfect picture of that. When Matthew got saved, Matthew threw a party at his home. Well, who came to the home? All unbelievers. Where was Jesus? Right in the middle of them, baby. Now, he didn't get crazy. He didn't drink. He didn't do any of the things that they would normally do. He just went to be with them. He says this, be different from it, separate from it. His standards are not the world's standards, nor his conduct, the world's conduct. So I'm to live different before the way my life was before. Here's me before Christ. When I came to Christ, my lifestyle here should be different than there. Now, why would that be? When you came to Christ, who came to live inside you? Come on, tell me, who came to live inside you? The what? The what? The Holy Spirit. Not the Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Why was the Holy Spirit holy? Because he's God. So I have the Holy Spirit in me. So my life should show I'm not perfect, but I should live different. The whole book of Matthew, when you get to the Sermon on the Mount, chapters 5, 6, 7, it's all about being different. Not better than people, but our lifestyle is different. Let me challenge you with something this morning. Many Christians come to Christ, and that's it. It's an event. They're done. And there's no difference in their life before or after. Yeah, but sorry, Pastor Mark, I got my stamp. I'm going to heaven. Jesus warns us about that. There must be fruit. There must be a change. Not perfection. If there was perfection, we'd just leave the building. Forget it. But there must be a difference. If your life, and you claim that you're a Christian, I had somebody said to me kind of the other day this, well, I go to church, I'm fine. Well, no, you're not fine. And going to church doesn't make you. It's like walking into McDonald's and walking out as a Big Mac. No, that's, <laughs> that's not the way it works. There has to be a change in our heart and in my actions, the way I think. So if you're here, you need to really get saved. You need to really accept Jesus Christ because we're to be different because God, the Holy Spirit, lives inside of us. Now, when you think of all that, really what God is saying is this. You're my children, and I want you to be like me. And he's there to help us. We ought to be like our father. When you see kids, and we have all done this, mom or dad or whatever, you watch that kid and you go, that kid's a spitting image of his dad. Look at the way he does things and whatever, or his mom or whatever. Well, that's what God is after. Look at this next statement. We glorify God. Simply means this. We make God look good by being like him. By being like it. Now, we're not going to be perfect, but we're going to have his character. We're going to love people. We're going to love the lost. We're going to be like him. We're going to be pure in our mind, not perfect in our mind, but pure. And our actions are going to show that we love God. Pastor Mark reminded us today what an awesome thing it is to be a follower of Christ, chosen by God himself. It really is amazing. As we find out from the text of Scripture, Christianity isn't a get-out-of-trouble card. We've learned that we're in a new battle, one that begins in our minds. It's important for us to fight this battle and to live the life Christ died for us to have. 
There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue the sermon, God's Blessings Motivate Us to Holy Living. We will hear about our responsibility as children of God to progress in this lifestyle. We need to become more like Christ in our attitudes and actions. We'll learn about the impossibility of achieving this in our own strength, and how the Holy Spirit can change us. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Baum of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.